We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network, Bucks Hawks Game 4 post-game podcast. I am Ty Windish of the Eurostep, joined by Rohan Kadi of the Eurostep, Jordan Tresky of the Winning Six Podcast. How's it going, fellas? Could be better. <laughs> Could be better. I, I think a different uh, feeling than how it was 48 hours ago, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, what's a what's a good way to describe just pain, just pain. I think that sums it up. Um, so if you weren't aware, Giannis Tedekumpo, uh, after a collision with Clint Capella under the basket in the third quarter, leaves with a knee injury. It's one of those where Giannis goes down all the time. He's so big and long and, and so physical, it's going to happen, but um at, at first it was just like okay it's another one of these he looks like he's hurt all the time and then just gets up and he's fine but you see him grab the knee yell out scream in pain and then you go oh this is very bad um officially so far called a hyperextension. the imaging is supposed to be done tomorrow probably today as you listen to this i'm sure we will update here at the eurostep podcast network whenever we get the news um I would say on what it means. I think we all know what it means, but I'm sure we will have an update pod when we get the news. But uh, it's very bad. The Bucks started flat anyway. It did seem like they were ready to finally mount a comeback in the third quarter when Giannis does go down. They do end up losing 110-88. to The Hawks tie up the series at two. Uh, it feels almost like the least of our problems right now. I shouldn't say almost. It kind of is the least of our problems right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... And I've already had the question posed to me on Twitter. You know, is there any way they win the title if Giannis can't play again this postseason? No, I don't think there is. Um, it's I would have had a different answer if I knew everything else in the league and you posed this situation to me before the playoffs. I think I would have said maybe. I've been very uninspired by the game-to-game performances of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. I think it'd be very, very unlikely for a team led by those two guys, even against the rest of the league, which is not super healthy to pull it out. But 
yeah, I don't know. I don't feel great about that scenario. This is night of reaction, so maybe more optimism in the future. We'll see, but um, I, I don't even know how to throw it. What, whoever wants to talk about this terrible, terrible thing. Um. Well, I feel like I'm Dr. Doom of these uh, reaction pods because every time I'm on here, it's either they're getting blown out. We're talking about, like, is there any way to salvage a series? Like, you know, the net series was, like, one other thing. And now it's like, oh, like, hope springs eternal after they make this crazy comeback in game three. We're all flying high. Like, you know, obviously Trey Young's injury kind of it, – it, there's context to it all too, but you're just like, this is just kind of containing the theme. Like things are kind of breaking in the Bucks way. And, you know, the injury bug has now struck them outside of just, you know, losing Dante for the rest of the season. Um, but it's just like the thing about this and we'll, we'll know if there's any, if there's, it's, you know, it lo- certainly looked like a hyperextension in my eyes. But, I mean, it was. It, it was. That's the bare minimum you can say. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, it's almost more frustrating than say if like he just blew out his knee. Because it's one of those things where it's like, you're, you'd lose him for a year. And then it's, you know, trying to get through. We went through this with Jabari two times. Two years. You know what I mean, and I'm not comparing them in terms of players, but just like, just how that kind of cycle goes. And then now it's just like you're just kind of in this indefinite period, and it's like you're looking at the series goes until at least or at least Saturday now, maybe Monday if they you know force. We'll see how the rest of the series shakes out, and it's just like it's just this existential thing that we Bucks fans always like battle with, and it's just like now it just comes in again and. You don't. You only have so many shots at winning a title, and this is the window. And it just feels like, how can this stuff keep happening to where it just like piles up? Where it's like they lose to the Raptors in humiliating fashion two years ago. Last year was what it was because of obvious reasons: coronavirus, playing in a bubble. They did not look good at all. And now it's like things are kind of clicking into place. How everybody kind of wants them to be and being learning the lessons of the last two years. And then it's like, Nope, it's plucked right from out of you. And it's like, there's nothing you can do about it. And that's just more. I disappointed. I don't know what the right word would be. It's, it just kind of just sums up just this kind of, yeah. Yes. Just this Sisyphus, you know, level of bucks fandom <laughs> that just exists. Yeah. It's, it's being struck down not only it's like humiliating fashion like you mentioned against the raptors and whatever happened last season it's the entire core the entire pillar of what makes everything tick being taken out is Sisyphus the one who pushes the rock yeah who's the one who gets his liver eaten every day um i think that one is more after it might be the same guy honestly the olympians are down pretty bad but that that's the more Bucks fans. Ooh, no, this think. guy was technically a Titan, not uh, Prometheus, I believe. Prometheus. Right? Ah. The, yeah, I think the Bucks fans are more Prometheus. Like we don't actually do anything. 
and then it's just pain and suffering over and over again. I mean, at like least, he at was least being punished for doing bad things, but no, I know, but I'm, I'm saying the present state. We're not pushing a rock. We don't do anything. We just, I guess, I guess the optimism is the rock. Who knows? Maybe we're both. It goes back to rock once again. But oh, <laughs> I can't tell if Rohan is frozen or just like shook it when no, I said again. I'm, I, I'm not frozen. I'm just shook. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know what I was talking about. It's just, it's just not fun. Like Giannis is the heart and soul of this team. He's the heart and soul of this city and this yeah. state. And just like for a lot of people, like across the entire world. And then that's just like, he, he may look and act and braid around like a Greek God, but he's still a human at the end of the day. And it shows. So Rohan, you are this podcast injury expert, medical expert, can you just explain a little bit about, and I don't want to go, obviously we don't know anything for sure at this point, but I think a lot of people are just, oh, it's a hyperextension. That means it's X, but that's like, I think I saw someone say a hyperextension is like not always itself an injury or can you just do a, a hyperextension bit of is Thank basically you. just what happens. Like the knee extended too far. That's what a hyperextension is. From that, a lot of things can happen, which is why I'm not even going to try to speculate on what exactly it is. There's no imaging available yet. Like you said, Malika Andrews reported that that's going to happen tomorrow. If not, that's if not already happening as we speak. But there's just you can there's so many things that could happen. Like, I'm not trying to, like, be optimistic or anything, but it could be no injury to the worst injury. It could literally be anything. So we just have to wait to see what imaging and test results reveal, but it can, it can honestly be absolutely anything. It can be a ligament tear. It could be a capsule sprain. It can be literally he, anything. He had a capsule sprain right before the shutdown, right? Two years ago or last year, last season, I should say. It was going to be the one time he missed more than, was it like two or three games in a row? Yeah. Either, the first time. He would, yeah. The only re- he would have broken that streak of never missing that many games were it not for the season shutting down. I remember yeah. that. Uh, it's something, yeah, it's just, a, you know, Rohan, you said it, Greek God. I mean, there's been so many times where you're like, oh, that looked terrible, that collision, that fall, whatever it is. He's favoring something. Is he going to come out? Is he not going to? And he's just fine. It's just surreal. I think it took me a little while to hit that. Like this is down. It could be actually really bad. And we just haven't gone. Obviously Jabari and, you know, every sport, everyone who roots for a sports team and watches them enough has seen plenty of injuries, but it did almost feel like Giannis was impervious in a sense, which, you know, we were probably all naive to not be, not expecting, but, you know, very open to the possibility of something like this happening, given just everything else in the playoffs. I mean, if Giannis misses game five, which to me feels eminently likely almost no matter what, yeah. uh, Paul George will be the last All-NBA player this season to not miss at least one game this postseason. Wow. Which is just like, it's just shocking how things have gone. And I mean, you know, Booker, I think, got snubbed. That's It would be two guys. But still, I mean, Christ, like everyone. And I'm still not, you know, throw away the season. It never should have counted, whatever. I wanted more rest. I didn't think they should pack in 72 games in this amount of time, whatever else. I've mostly sat out the cancel the season thing because, obviously, the Bucks got a title out of it. I wouldn't have minded as much, but it does kind of 
feel more salient now, all the cases people have made about this season. Obviously, Giannis's injury was a freak injury, but I still think all the condensed miles do, do end up making a difference uh, over a regular season. Rohan, do, uh, Rohan's not sure? All I have to I, say is it, let's it, do it again next year, right? Let's... <laughs> But but in terms of like actual injury, it's it's really really hard to say if it's like I'm I'm not just being like yeah I for one am not like a shill for the NBA corporate over overlords or anything, and I'm saying like it's not guaranteed that these are correlated to necessarily like rest and stuff like that because it, it can't really be proven. Yeah, and I suppose, I'm not I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. Yeah, I'm just saying the, it's impossible and, to really say. It is interesting. I mean, the 2019 conference finals, I believe, were also every other day. So that's just something that happens at this point in the playoffs. It's every mostly. year. Yeah. It's every well, the finals, I think there's some more days off built in there. But um, or maybe it depends on when it starts. There's still two options. Now, suddenly, it's feeling like it might be the, the latter, latter option for the final starting. But, um, yeah, it's just a, a gut punch, really. I mean, we're going to look at. What happens from here? I mean, no matter what the diagnosis is, the Bucks still have at least two more games this postseason. They're going to cover all of them and, and look ahead. But obviously, you know, the big storyline and the big question is just going to be Giannis's health and, and what the images show. And like I said, we'll we'll update you all when we know anything else. I mean, on Twitter, it'll be much faster, of course, but we will get a podcast out there. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's not too much else to say. This Fucking sucks. Really, is it? We're busting out the explicit tag for the second time this postseason. This one's way less fun. Works both ways. <laughs> yeah. I, and the, I mean, the difference, too, like, compared to last year when Giannis worked out with this sprained knee, like, the series was over. It was a wrap at that point. It was just kind of like window dressing. If they would, you know, Middleton had the game or then game of his life. <laughs> Um, and I mean, that's where it's like, you're just so conflicted about where this series is. Just like, you almost have to like, it's not like you're redrawing the blueprint, but it's because Giannis is, he said himself the other day after Chris's, you know, fourth quarter and just game overall, it's like, he is the guy. How do you, how do you rearrange everything in a system that's built for one, not one superstar, but like, you know what I mean? Like everything's catered to him. And now it's like you don't have you have this massive void, and you have talented players. You have players that could. We've seen you know, granted, it's been nights where Giannis is out for once or one or a couple nights, rest nights, whatever it is, that have stepped up in his place. But this is a different ball game, and I know Atlanta's dealing with the same thing. Trey Young has a bone bruise in his knee or uh, ankle. Like that's not an easy injury to come back from, too. Um, and we're talking about two different, you know, <laughs> Trey Young is like a, a morsel compared to Giannis in terms of just body and just all that stuff. But it's like, it just sucks that, that we're at this point. We were already at this point with Trey Young and just kind of like preparing for game four. And now it's like, where does the series go? You know, that's, that's the kind of just, you had no, we have no expectations about where any team can go at this point. I mean, game five is probably going to have neither Giannis or Trey Young because yeah. based on Nate McMillan's comments after the game, like he said Trey Young could put no pressure on his foot. And oh. that's like, obviously you want him to feel better as well and get better, get back on the court. 
but we're probably not going to see that in game five. And there's yeah. going to be no Giannis for game five, most likely. I so. do think the Hawks are pro. I mean, not just saying that because of what game four ended up becoming. I do think the Hawks are better built to make up for the loss of their best player, considering who both guys are, just because, you know, they have guys who can approximate what Trey Young does a bit, right? Like, Trey Young is a supremely talented offensive initiator. And for all the jokes and everything about Lemon Pepper Lou, like Lou Williams can create buckets for himself and others. Like there's no question about that. There's defensive concerns, but same with Trey. Obviously, I'm not saying he's as good as Trey. He seemed as good as Trey in this game. He was fantastic against the Bucs even before Giannis's injury. But even outside of Lou, like Bogdan Bogdanovich seems like he's feeling a little bit better every single game. Kevin Herter's had a phenomenal postseason. Danilo Gallinari, like again, not saying it's not a huge loss that they were without Trey Young. And not making excuses for the Bucks, who should have been up by a lot by the time Giannis went out. We'll get to that. But like they have other skilled offensive initiators. Giannis is the only player who's consistently scored or played well this entire playoff run. Like and this series. In this series for sure. But like he is, I mean, we talked about it, I think, on the last podcast. You know, the the Bucks are always one player having 30 points away from two guys combining for 70. And it's anyone but Giannis. Giannis is always there. Like, he's rolling out of bed and putting up 30-10 in the words of OG Jeezy. Like, it's just so, – like, I don't know how you replicate that. I mean, the the Bucks' inconsistency has been killing them, the the non-Giannis Bucks. I mean, Drew and Chris, plainly, you expect these things from your Brooke Lopez's and everybody else. But Drew and Chris's inconsistency – was killing the Bucks with Giannis active against Brooklyn. And even in this game, one of this series and game three of this or four of this series too. Now it just feels like my goodness. I mean, I'd almost be not more frustrated, but I'm going to be super frustrated if they come out and like combine for 80 points. It's like now, now where was this before? Like, I mean, I won't be mad. I'll take it, but it's going to like, really? Like I, I hope they have it in them. Over. I hope that what the series could have been over at this point. Yeah. If they had done that. Like literally. Yeah. Tonight, literally. I mean, it, uh, and you know, maybe, I mean, the, the game was still, I, I doubt, you know, starters are out by the early third quarter or mid third quarter. I doubt Giannis is not on the court because of that at this point, but you know, you could have wrapped things up tonight and then had a lot of time to just sit and figure out what happens before the finals. Uh, uh, Rohan, you're, your takes about the Clippers not being done feel pretty prescient now. I'm proud of you for two in a row. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I told you, these Clippers uh, are weird, man. They're they so are. weird. They are. It's Palmer. Chuck the Condor. <laughs> developers, developers, the developers. Uh, yeah, I think they are. Um, but no, I mean, that that inconsistency is just like it's brutal. And I mean, they those guys – Somehow both shot six for 17 tonight, which feels poetic. Combined two for 14 from deep. Drew had both of the makes. Um, eight total turnovers. Drew had nine assists. Chris had five assists. Neither one was very good. You know, I think they could probably come together and win you a game or two the rest of the playoffs. But just the the level of inconsistency we've seen from those guys, and I'll say Drew more than Chris, but certainly Chris too, it just makes it hard to believe that they're going to be able to sustain anything for a prolonged period without Giannis. I mean, it's not just what he does on the court. The Bucks have some solid bigs, but, you know, consistent 
shot creation and scoring. I just, it's hard to feel like you can rely on the guys at this point after this whole playoff run. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I mean, that's the thing about tonight is that you watch the first half and it just felt like everybody stuck in mud. It wasn't just that they were not hitting shots. I mean, just the initiation of the offense was just pretty horrific. You know, people were losing their handle. It wasn't just Chris Middleton. We know that's a big bugaboo for him, but like Drew was having the same problem. It was just kind of like they're going through these motions that we keep seeing when they kind of – fall into these traps of just the, you know, the series itself that every other day, not knowing whether Trey Young is going to play or not. And just kind of, do they prepare for that? Like we saw that with in the net series when, you know, the Nets lose Kyrie and it, they're down to a one-legged James Harden and Kevin Durant leading the way. You know what I mean? Like we've seen these like familiar notes and then obviously Giannis's injury happens. And that was just like another, that's it's not just a gut punch. That's just something totally different out of the realm. But like what we saw leading up to that point in the game was just greatly disappointing um, without question. It was just, and some of that too, I think, I think, you know, we, because the news of Trey being out came what, like an hour before the game started. Yeah. I think it was one of those things where you just kind of like, Oh, they're down their best player. This is a game that the Bucks should win. And you know, I'm definitely guilty of that thinking. And, oh, and I was from, not. I was fully expecting them to lose. 
but from my perspective is it's like we i'm like thinking about it it's like a lot of the stuff that people have written about after game three and just kind of how we saw the series evolve from game after game one and just kind of losing that in a very similar way of just kind of just not being top gear really is that like you know the hawks lose trey young as great as he is and as gifted as he is like they have like the size and just kind of like this mixture of defenders that can really bother Giannis, like, or bother everybody, I should say. But Giannis, like we saw the wall come out from the, the Hawks that they had not really done up until this point. And, you know, the, just the, the ball pressure we saw whenever people were kind of driving to the lane, like the Bucks are very uh, scared is probably the right word, but like they just weren't really attacking with any kind of just, fervor and that's what made it more challenging than anything is that like yeah like these great you know pj tucker was giving them some threes early on and stuff like that bobby did all that he could to kind of just give something but it was just like it just felt like they didn't really know how to like kind of break this down from the get-go and then obviously you know the world's or for our from our perspective the worst thing that could ever happen you know, Giannis goes down and just it's just how do you rebuild that up? I'm going to keep saying that, but it's like that's what it just felt like all night. Yeah, I, it's the first half, though. I understand the point about, you know, you don't know if you're preparing for Trey or not. But the defense isn't why the Bucks look so terrible. And there was no difference in the Hawks. Yeah. I mean, they played – the Hawks played differently on defense. I, I, I'll want to get into that. But personnel-wise, there's no difference. Chris Dunn played a little bit, sure. He, he's a better defender than the guys they were playing. I don't think and it's not like Cam Reddish is like, oh my gosh, like he's the serious change. You know, he's a second year right. guy. But yeah, like yeah, for yeah. sure. But like the the Trey playing or not, like it's yeah. Trey or Lou Will starting, and the Bucks yeah. offense was awful in the first half. There's no difference. There's no difference. Like that Atlanta found the one guy who is not offering you any more on that end than Trey Young, and the Bucks mm-hmm. scored 38 points in the first half. It's just inexcusable that this team was so unprepared for the one thing they're guaranteed to see everyone try at some point. The barrier. I caught myself, Rohan. The barrier. Everyone's going to try it. Of course that's what you go to when Giannis is tearing you up. Like That's the one thing that works to at least try and make you get the ball out of Giannis's hands into anybody else's hands. And all we kept saying, like morons, they have the personnel now. They have the personnel now. They have the personnel now. Didn't look like they did in this game. And it's not just missing shots. Because I know there's going to be that subset of folks who's like, they're unlucky again, postseason shooting struggles. Sort of. But, like, Chris and Drew were just, like, there was no verve, like you said, Jordan. Like, they they get the ball. And you don't just have to make threes. Like, the defense bends such toward Giannis that you could drive against it. Cause it's tilted out of the way, and if the help comes too far over, then that lob to Giannis is right there. But the Bucks weren't penetrating. They were settling for threes over and over, or just I don't even know what some of those shots were. And it's it like, just it just felt like home run. They're trying to make home run plays. It's like just hit a single. Yeah, I mean, just it's hit a like single. The whole lesson learned from games two and three was like they can't stop you if you just execute simple stuff. Like the Bucks mm-hmm. didn't win those games entirely. I mean, they kept alive in, in the first half of one of them from shooting, but they got to the rim. That was the thing. I mean, Chris backed down guys. Giannis gets to the rim. Drew gets to the rim. Bobby was getting to the rim. Like that was it. 
And it felt like they were so flustered by the most predictable adjustment possible that they were just like out of the game. And they weren't out of the game. They hung around as they do. And I do think they had a, a solid shot to get back in if obviously the worst thing possible for this team doesn't happen. But it was just so disappointing to see. And I think it like compounds the bad feelings because it's just like, now, these guys couldn't do anything with Giannis out there. And I don't think Giannis played great. And the free throws were awful. No. But but I thought he was – I mean, I he was making the, – the second half he came out and attacked. I thought the first half he just kept trying to make the right play. And it turned into the wrong play because nobody could do anything. And it's just like – except for P, credit to P.J. Tucker. Like you said, he was the highest scoring buck for way too long in this game. But <laughs> – it's just disappointing, and yeah, now it's like, oh god, now they have to do it without that guy in the middle to worry about for Atlanta. It's just like, <sighs> and the thing is, though, they were playing awful. They were still there. Yeah, the show, I know that was yeah. so. Atlanta was there. playing terribly. Like I know, like I, I not terribly, but it was. It just felt like the bare minimum of like they're just doing just enough to like. Look way better in comparison to the Bucks, and it's like it's it within reach if you just do. If you just you just have to try for like ten minutes, yes, and you could win that game. Yeah, yeah. That's it all seemed you like it was. Do. It seemed like it was happening. I mean, Giannis started getting to the rim again. He's like, I don't even care about the barrier. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get through it. They ran those, some good pick and rolls. He's hit those shots of like the paint shots, but not within the restricted area of the yeah. series and the, the playoffs. But it's like. He felt so reliant on it. And I know, like, I think Reggie Miller even pointed out on the broadcast, he's had problems with uh, left calf tight or tightness throughout the yep. series. Obviously, is that the leg that he hyperextended, right? I think so, right? It was his left leg. Yeah. Like, there's all this, like, that has affected his play to this point. But it was just like, you could tell when Giannis is going to go for it. And he just was not going for it in the first half. He just yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Ten so minutes. It was, a dis- it was a disappointing. It was shaping up to be a disappointing game. Not even ten minutes of, of game time. Just like ten minutes in real time. Just like yeah, that's all we wanted. You know. I mean, look how fast Atlanta broke the thing open when he when he got out. Yep. Um, not calling a timeout after that is one of the. All-time terrible Budenholzer decisions. I tweeted, I might take a year sabbatical if they That's use a, That happened to, the, with Capella, too, right? Was there no yeah. timeout after They Capella? didn't call. They just yeah. – the referees were like, oh, he's down. Like, and that's so weird to me when that happens. I know. Especially when foul. the game was – yeah, exactly. Someone needs to foul. Like, get him off the if, – yeah, if Atlanta has the ball, call timeout. But if you don't, you have to just foul. I don't understand. We're, everybody's pulling a Jim Boylan tonight. That's what <laughs> the moral was. From. Like Mello rolling around on the floor when he was with Denver and guys are JR is like dribbling out behind the arc and shooting. Um, I tweeted I might take a year long sabbatical if they use the injury as cover to keep butt around. I don't know if I'm joking. I haven't decided Thanks. yet. It's going to be tough. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to carry the Euro stuff. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm just like. There's still there's still some left of this the series left. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> That's what's they could honestly still win this series. Like, they I'm absolutely could. I mean, they if Trey doesn't play again, they should have should have the two best players in the series. They're gonna have the two best played players in the series, no matter what. Like 
I know that doesn't mean everything in the NBA, but it means something. I mean, you know, ties down bad when he's saying things like this. What? What? <laughs> you say, oh, they have the two highest paid players left in this year. That's guys such a, get that's max not money a for a thing reason. To say. Guys get. I'm not. It's. I'm not doing like a. I'm. I'm not pocket watching them, but they're max players. Yeah. Atlanta doesn't have those. Trey's gonna get one. He's out. Like Collins, they don't want to pay. They almost traded him. Gallo is, you know, Gallo's making some money, Bogdan, but they're like, they're on that good role player contracts. They're getting, that's what they are. They're good role players. Like yeah. Herder's going to get a similar bag, I'm sure. It's not, again, contracts don't mean everything, but the Bucks have two guys left who are seen by the team as max players. And the Hawks don't have any of those guys left. The Bucks should have a big advantage just on that fact alone. Put the money aside, just. The perception, like the Hawks, don't view these guys like no. They no. Players. They definitely do have the two best players remaining. So ah, they should. They haven't. On paper, this series, it's been a different story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but like whole body of work. Yeah, probably theoretically. Yeah, I hate that this is. <laughs> they should play better. I not. I should have stopped after this. I just hate this. I don't know. I hate this. We got uh, we got the Nets franchise scoring leader, Brooke Lopez. Might have a say here. I don't. Know. <laughs> what the hell is the lineup going to be? Yeah, we need to. Have, okay, so we need to have a couple conversations. Yeah. going forward. Um, first, like the before we talk about the lineup, Lopez himself, like they're going to have to figure out a way for him to play. I think. I I know it's been really bad. I I didn't think it would be this bad without Trey out there, but. It's still been quite bad. I think like Capella is underrated. How good he is at screen setting and getting those guards. Oh, he got hurt too. Yeah, we'll see how serious. Do we have? Have we heard anything? He was, I uh, I haven't seen anything. Examined by an uh, a physician. I feel like I mean it might be a concussion protocol thing. That was a bad hit. I don't it was, know why he yeah, was in the yeah. game. Um, Okongu's been actually quite good for them as well. If Capella can play, well, regardless, he's been really good at, at setting screens and just creating room. And it's like, it's been so hard for Lopez to recover and contest shots. But we're going to see a lot of Brooklyn Brook. I think I think, the, you, I think we have to. Yeah, he's going to have to play. I mean, you look at the guys they have left now, and it's like, there's going to be guys playing that we don't want to play. And I don't think there's any real way. <clears throat> I don't know if, I don't know if you can. We saw it. He literally I know, came but in that's, and played dudes. That's where, I mean. He logged two total minutes in this game, which feels is impossible. That it? Yeah. Yeah. He was out there for at least 30. 0 for 1. No, no other stats recorded. Minus 6. Which feels generous almost. I, he's probably going to have to. You, I don't think you can just go a six-man rotation with these guys for the next three-ish games. I guess no. maybe. I, I mean... Also, at, I, you just you lose less, I think, by going a little bit deeper if, like, you're asking Pat Condon to play 44 minutes or something. Like, at that point, you might as well try a guy because I don't think... I think there's just more upside. Like, it's different if Giannis is occupying 40 of those minutes. Like, Bobby Portis, 38 minutes? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's probably going to start... I don't think so. I think they're going to start Pat. Mm. Portis Let's has see. been and Portis has been the Yana sub to That's this true. point. Um, this is 
incredibly depressing. It's, super, <laughs> it's, it's so depressing. I mean, like Bryn Forbes is going to play more. His shot has to. been, yeah, his shot has been, you know, off since basically the Miami series. Honestly, and granted, it's a it's a hard role to play when you're playing spot minutes well, here and there, and you're like solution. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're going to have to play Wara. They're not going to have to. I don't think they will. Why not? Why the hell I didn't not? say they shouldn't. I wanted, of the clean, them, I wanted to give of them the, all 12 in the fourth. Of the cleanup crew players, like he's probably the most likely. Well, he's the I best mean, one. Elijah Bryant, I think, is ahead. If you do, if that's you, depends true. How you count, yeah, and Bud has played him. But Bud trusts Bryant a little bit more. I'm not opposed to giving Wara a shot. I mean, if you get five awful minutes of Bryn Forbes and you have Forbes slated for 20 minutes, like – what do you especially have to when offense is going to be the problem here? More than that, likely, yeah, yeah. Like I, I still think, as crazy as it sounds, like you lose Giannis and he just fills so many holes for them defensively. Obviously, offense is like where this has just been where their problems historically have been in the playoffs, and just someone that can create his own shot. And granted, it's a rookie forward that had played. Barely 200 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we're down to. This is where we are. We have a, Let's get on a huge Thon Maker moment potential here, Rohan. What? For just a, a oh. moment. A moment. Oh. From a, not literally the, the man himself. <laughs> like, a very yeah, like, like, are they going to sign him? Is, are, is someone being cut? Is that illegal? <laughs> um... It's legal to sign someone now. I don't think he's played for another team past the. the was he on a roster? He was not tied, on a roster. Tied. Tied. No, stop. We're they not don't have signing Bond Maker. They don't have a And they can't use the hardship. I, it's not. I'm just saying, technically. What are you doing? <laughs> well, they're not going to. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I was just looking at the. Never mind. So. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to war. I, I legit think they should have given war the whole fourth quarter and just like. He could have won them that game alone. I mean, he ended up not being on. He still he got to the line five times and made four free throws. Like, I what, actually, you know what? When's the non Giannis buck to make four free throws in a game this postseason? When's the last time that happened? Chris, I think oh, that Drew, did. Drew and Chris did tonight. Never mind. Feels rare. <laughs> You're it, quick, quickly countered. It feels rare. <laughs> no, it is rare. It is very rare. I mean, Giannis is like. Responsible for like probably two thirds of their free throws this season. I just want to look up the total free throws. Those guys, see how off I am. I'm on B ball ref. Before this game, Chris had taken 62 total free throws in the playoffs. He was second on the team. So they're not getting the line a ton. He's been taking, he's been attempting 4.4 a game and making 3.9. So his average is right around four. So I was a little off base, but yeah, I mean, why not? Why not Wara? I mean, you can talk me into Wara. You you have talked me into Wara much easier than. Is Vin Baker, can Vin Baker put on the old purple jersey? Is he. This is. Like, I mean, if we're talking, I mean, the NBA let uh, Dikembe and Hakeem play in that Africa game, so technically they play. That is true, and Yanda's played in that game, so he can they probably. Were the, they were the coaches, so technically, and there is precedent for this. The yes. NBA lets Marv Albert call games in 2021. Clearly, they don't care about the product, so probably anything goes. I mean, Marv yeah. Albert with Reggie Miller. 
That's all. I, I can't. I honestly, I say I can't believe so much covering this team. I honestly can't believe that's still a thing. Um, so the rotation, like Drew, Chris, Brooke, TBD on how much Brooke can play. PJ is still going to start, I'm sure. And then it's either Pat or Portis. So then you either have it's, Pat. It's Portis. It's Portis. Whoever. Whichever. You have the other guy playing a lot of bench minutes. We'll say Portis. You have Pat playing a lot of bench minutes. Even if PJ plays 30-some, Brooke plays 30, Drew, Portis, and Chris all play 40, you would still need like 30 plus, 30 minutes more from Pat. So you can flip Pat and Portis. I had it dialed up as Pat starting at first. But either way, if they combine for 70 minutes, that leaves you like 24. And the tough part is it's like pretty much all guard minutes and they just have no guards. Like Adam has promised the Jeff T game. Oh my God. <laughs> I think they're, they're probably going to try him more. Um, yeah. What else, what else can they do? <laughs> Aura. Who's not a guard, but Justin Jackson? Like I'm literally Merrill. Like scrolling through. Axel Tupan. Yeah, I was gonna say if Giannis inbounds is only, inbounds only. The NASA's we haven't even talked talk about. I've seen him hit a three, so I now know Axel can shoot theoretically. Well, he literally can. It's just theoretical if he can make more than one ever. Um, the NASA's shot 100 percent in this game, so. I honestly don't remember him scoring. It was the last four minutes that they all – somehow the garbage time guys got more run than Teague. Um, <laughs> and yet Teague's going to play significant minutes. Oh, this is awesome. I don't even – you know what's funny is I'm, I'm at a, I'm at a I need to be post-bud mindset. I don't even know if I can get mad at him anymore because I don't know what you do with this. I'm sure that's will find that's a way, thing. but – Yeah, I mean, well <laughs> – that's what coaches are for. We always yeah. find something to quibble. But, like, again, it's like, where do you go with? Well, this is also part of the problem with kind of, I mean, it's only going to get harder if something like this were to happen. And it's not like I'm, you know, hoping for it every playoff season because God knows I, you know, can only take so much at some point. But, like, this is where the Bucks roster is at. You're, if you built your roster with, you know, the top three of, Giannis, Drew, and Chris, Brooke is fourth, you know, obviously. But, like, all intents and purposes, and you make a conscious effort that your depth is going to be worse, and you lose one of the top three players, like, it's just, you're just, you know, at your wit's end, just trying to figure out how to put the the puzzles or the pieces all together in this puzzle. It's, just, it's, the, it's, it's the Brooklyn situation. Although, obviously, yes. Brooklyn was... I mean, if Brooklyn had just been without one guy and the other two guys were at 100%, I think they'd obviously look much, much better just because their three guys were such a high caliber. But um, it's the the same basic idea of, like, this is the swap you make. You lose your Karis LeVert and um, uh, who's the center? Who's on? Allen, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. I was thinking Allen Drummond, which is, like, a cursed, <laughs> cursed portmanu. Um but yeah, I mean that's the that's the deal you make. Although again, I still think like the Bucks weren't all that good at being deep before they had the third star. No. Lose George. George Hill would help, but you know it it is what it is. I mean, it didn't really help the Sixers. No, I mean exactly, that's true. exactly, exactly. Um, but and the other thing too is that like granted, 
Drew missed time due to having COVID and Giannis had his nights off due to whether it was injury or rest or whatever the case may be. But it was like Bucks were by far and away one of the more healthier teams this season. Oh yeah. And now, you know, Dante was obviously a loss that you know they've been able to make up for. But you know, we're talking about again, Giannis, there's the straw that serves the drink. This is just I, I mean, we'll see how they come out on Thursday. But if anything, like they're up two one this series or going into tonight's game, and it was just like, oh, you're gonna get off to a poor start again. Like it just felt like we could have at least like in game three, you could rely on like, oh, Chris is feeling it for the first time this series. Giannis looks, you know, he's doesn't have any problems attacking and all that stuff. Like there's things that you could rely on in that, you know, first half. There was nothing. There just absolutely nothing. And granted, like you kind of throw the film out at some point and just kind of move on. But it's hard to do that when it's compounded by losing your superstar. I've never heard straw that stirs the drink. If there's anything I'm learning during these post game pods, it's a lot of analogies that I've never heard. Like, and that straw is paper, paper to be eco friendly. Nice. How do you, Jordan? Uh, did Adam friend. say last episode something about throwing a baby out a window or something? Throwing out the baby with the baby bath with the bathwater? Bath yeah. Just wild. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's just there's like you you put it perfectly, Jordan. There's just like there's nothing that can really set you up for this realistically. Like we can we can go through all of these potential lineup adjustments and what they can do. Like even Ty, you were talking about like what they did, like what Brooklyn did. Brooklyn didn't lose their best player. No, they still had the all-time greatest scorer in NBA history. <laughs> oh, yeah. I spent the depth gamble is similar. For sure, Brooklyn no, obviously true, true. always yeah. had a guy. Yeah, and given, this is not, the Milwaukee is not the first team to experience this. They're really not. Like, again, the Hawks were without their best player tonight. These things happen. It's how you go about doing it. And the more I look at this roster, they're just, they're such frauds. They're such frauds. Like not the F word what, again. What what is the what is the end of this roster? Like what is Justin Jackson doing? Isn't he on a two way? No, Axel is. No, he's a two way. Oh yeah, because Diakite yeah, got called Diakite's up. Yeah. Converted, yeah, that's a fine two way. I think. Really? What has he done? The issue, the, it's the backup guard is the one spot they don't have. I mean, there's only so much functional depth any team is going to. They never got a backup two-way guard. And that, like, even now, when this horrible, I mean, without Giannis, it probably doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, you know, that was the one thing that kept killing them is, like, Dante goes down and you get Elijah Bryant minutes against the Nets because they just don't have guards who can defend and do anything else or just who can defend. I mean, it's, it's Forbes was their guard. So that really, I think if they had – one Austin Rivers there. Yeah, I think it looks a lot better. I mean, I don't you can't expect a team without Dante without Dante out to have, I think, more than like three more bench pieces left. Like you're only gonna have so many guys. It's really hard to get a lot of guys, but not having the two-way reserve guard was is just really it's it's the that's the biggest it's, worst indictment. It's been because George George Hill obviously was that for them, yeah. and it kind of just undersells, you know, his inclusion to the trade of Drew, 
and he was basically just dispatched to Oklahoma City and then he was traded to, you know, Philly. But it was like, it's always been kind of, I don't know, it just, there's just something about it where it's like they just don't have enough in that sense, where it's like they've always kind of, I mean, we're bringing up old wounds. Um, part of you why they moved up from what can't, I can't be heard anymore, <laughs> but it's part of why they moved down from Malcolm Rocket. They they more they try to go to these kind of players that fit theoretically and not, yeah, and there's obviously other elements into why they made that decision, but like they've generally gone after this idea of fit and how everything fits around Yadis and making him, you know, by all intents and purposes, the primary ball handler when, especially in a playoff setting, like that is not the best use of his talents. And so when it's like, that's kind of, we're rubbing up again, uh, against the same issue again. And it's like, they go out to Jeff Teague. He has a couple of great games early on. And it's like, oh, this experience has gone quickly south. Like the fact that the the Celtics cut bay with him in a se- in a season that just went for Brad Stevens literally said, I don't want to coach this team anymore. <laughs> and I mean, did Jeff Teague? No, I'm joking. But like, that's <laughs> part of what where we're at. And it's like, uh, I'm not saying Austin Rivers would save the season, but you would look feel a little bit better to Ty's point. You'd feel a little bit better that there's an NBA caliber player they can kind of turn to on the on the bench. I don't know if Jeff T is going to be Mike James. Yeah, I don't know if Jeff T is going to be. Maybe that's Elijah Bryant. Maybe I I think the issue that I, I feel like they and you know we applaud them for it usually, but it's like they want so much shooting at every position now. I think they need, I don't care, honestly. It would be great if the backup point guard could shoot. You're probably not going to find someone for backup point guard money who can shoot, handle the ball, and defend. I'd rather just have someone who can handle the ball and defend. Like, I don't know if every single player on the roster needs to be a perfect complement to Giannis. I'll take someone who can handle the ball. Yeah, that would help. Remember when we thought DJ Augustine was going to be the sauce? And then I'll never forget the way he attacked Biggs. He just like flew. He just threw his body out of bounds. It looked like he slipped on ice every time. I could, like, this guy was a renowned starter. He's supposed to be a super sick man. It looked like he slipped on ice. Game winners in the playoffs against the Bucks. No, he didn't. He won a game against the Bucks. He didn't hit a game winner. DJ Augustine shot thirty four percent on two pointers when he was with the Bucks this year. I just hate my life, dude. Like, what? (laughs) <laughs> I just can't believe it. I just can't. Like, <laughs> I just so remember excited. witnessing us just devolve in real. Yeah, time. this is not it's a podcast anymore. This is just we're having like a therapy session. There's I just remember to- every time Marcus would talk about DJ Iverson <laughs> when he was in the game, and he would talk. He'd always say the same phrase of like, "Now DJ doesn't have it tonight. He's got to learn how to like." Finisher, or he's having trouble like fishing around the river, like something like that, driving to the paint. It's like, this is what he, he's like 5'10. Like, I don't know what he's supposed to do around a Vika Zubac. You know what I mean? Like, that's the The pronunciation on a Vika Zubac there just killed me. Um, speaking of disappointing point guards, there's going to be so <laughs> many Drew Holiday conversations, but it's just like, 
you know, I know the playmaking is nice. Nine assists is good. Like, did not make that much of a defensive impact in this game. And obviously it gets harder when – not harder, but – actually, no, it doesn't get harder. I mean, Lou Williams stepped in and handled the ball a ton and was not stymied at all. Um, but no steals, no blocks, and another bad shooting game. It's just like – I just – I. <sighs> We're, we're the guy pointing, poking the stick, saying, do something. It's just like, get a second or third-ish guy. Get a complimentary star-ish level player who can just at least be consistent. Like, you don't have to be 35 and 10 every night. You don't have to be Dame. You don't even have to be Drew locking down Dame. Although that would be nice. That would be nice. I thought we had a shot at that, at least sometimes. But, like, could you just be a consistent if you're going to score 19 points, maybe not 17 shots, just Drew should, compromise. Drew should be the st- starting too good. And, yeah, I guess. And, I mean, he is he is a two guard. That, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why he was in New Orleans for the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, like a combo. He is guy. more that realm of player. Like he, as much as he is a good ball handler, he's good shot creator, all that stuff in terms of like, be able to drive and finish inside. We know like there is a limit to what he could do shooting wise, obviously uh, this postseason showed anything, but in terms of having like a four general, just kind of like an organizer, like he's not that. And I think that's always kind of that. It, that was always kind of like bubbly in the surface for me is that like as great as he has been in the season, like he, you know, adjusted to new surroundings, all that stuff was great as he could. I just felt like there was going to be some kind of, I don't know. It, it, it just felt like it was going to come up at a certain point, especially in the playoffs where teams kind of take away what you're good at and try to make it things harder for you. And he's just not, that's just not what he is. And that's okay. Like at least compared to Eric Bledsoe, he is offering something, but like, you know, obviously you can only hold, we we did that with kid about it to kid for so long. And there's always so, so much traction you can do that with where it, it's kind of the same thing with Bled, doing the same thing with Drew and Bledsoe at this point, where it's like Drew is a better player in terms of everything else that Eric Bledsoe, you know, falters at, especially when it comes to playoff time, but there is still a limit to what Drew can do. And this is the farthest he's ever been ever throughout his career. So, yeah, it's his first postseason news, first season walking, all that stuff. But like, we are kind of seeing, I don't know. It's just, there's just something missing with his game. And it's why he's a good player. It may not be why he's a great player. If that so makes sense. Out of the, I'm going to list some names. Who do you think we can get for the Vetman? Um, Kyle Lowry. Yes. <laughs> Mike Conley. Maybe. Dragic. No. Uh, over the hill. Um, I like Jordan saying no to Goran Dragic on Vetman. No thanks. <laughs> Plus, he, he tried to tangle up with. No, no, right. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I was going to say Schroeder, but Schroeder wants 100 mil. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to Reggie Jackson, if anything. <laughs> I would take Reggie Jackson now. Watch the Bucks uh, will be the team. Mills. That would be awesome. He's. Yeah. But is Patty Mills even a table setter? Spencer would be great. They just have no way to get anyone is the issue. 
That's why I'm asking Vetman. <laughs> I mean, Patty Mills is the ideal MLE target, but I mean, he's probably going to make more than five point yeah. seven million. Yeah, million? The, they're they're locked into the taxpayer MLE now, so it's like yeah, it's very little. It's just like TJ McConnell. I think he's going to make significantly. He's pretty good. Steals later, right? Yeah. What'd you say? Campaign. He's going to make way more. Yeah. Um, um, Drew is a guy who's had four or seven plus assist seasons in the NBA. And some of them were way back with Philly. But like 2018-19, he put up 7.7 a game. Like he's shown some flash. I expected more. I mean, the assist per game isn't everything. And I know that's he's been seen as a combo guard. But I just figured on this roster, I mean, again, the Bucks didn't really lean any honest at center until the last two weeks or whatever. But. I did think he was going to be able to fit, like you just would imagine between the three of them, they could get enough playmaking, but it has still continued to feel like an issue where they just don't. I mean, this is something that I think people on Twitter comment on a lot. Like they're so bad at just getting the ball into the post half the time. Oh it's my like, God. It's, it's obscene. The, 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 I mean, we we're used to kind of like the, if Bobby leaks out and, they throw this like pass that just goes over his head or he's trying to catch it and he's just flat footed or whatever. But the amount of like Giannis is sealing off a guy right under the basket and it just like hits off the bat. Like Michael Carter Williams throws better passes that way. Yeah. He had two. He threw it like 50 feet over his head. Giannis had someone sealed. Same with Brooke. Like it was bad. That's what like, to my point of like, they were trying to go for these like home run plays, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, why? The Bucks are cursed with players who cannot like they they have they have players who can seal off, they have players who can get lobs, but they will never <laughs> be able to have a player that can throw a lob or throw an entry pass. Exactly. I think legitimately, Ray John Rondo might average like fifteen assists per game on the Bucks. It would be such a revelation for like Giannis and Portis and Lopez to play with a guy who just like kept getting the ball to their spots. Um, I love how you just invoked a Rondo Portis two man game into the books. It happened in Chicago. <laughs> there we oh, go. God, Chemistry. <laughs> oh my goodness. And Portis was all the young guys loved Rondo, right? Portis is probably yeah. a huge fan of his. Is he a free agent? I'm sure. No, he's not. Rome first. Oh yeah, Atlanta gave him a Atlanta. serious contract. Damn it, Atlanta! <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. he's not. Dang it! Yeah, maybe they can trade for him and get their pick back <laughs> or whatever it was. Can I interest you in? I don't even. Who would even be around? To, Pat? I can't. I can't trade Pat. I'm waiting for the jersey retirement. <laughs> yeah, that age that yeah, feeling poorly. It's feeling. <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the sound of point pat. What's gonna go? <laughs> Dante Exum's a free agent. Oh my god. The name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> For good reason. For good reason. <laughs> uh he might be lucky to get a starting job on Chase Buford's team out in his in his hometown of Australia at this point. Congrats to Chase Buford, by the way. Yeah, that's nice. Best coach in the Bucks org just left. It's great. I don't know. Darvin Ham's still here. Yeah. Um, I had to take the line where I could get it, Rohan. 
We're somewhere at the point. We're, <laughs> so, <laughs> we're so, like the Bucks are tied two two in the conference finals against the Atlanta Hawks, and I have spot track point guard free agents pulled up on my monitor right now. Like that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Like how a, how what just why 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 for this podcast? It should be impossible for Bucks fans to commit baratry. Do you know what baratry means? No. Baratry is the offense committed by people who are overly officious and instigating or encouraging prosecution of groundless litigation. So they're just like, they're just instigators over and over again. And I'm sure from the outside, it seems like the way we talk about the Bucks, we are indeed committing baratry. This is deserved. This is deserved. Like, how else could we possibly react? I mean, we could just cry. That's for later. I don't even know. I don't. I don't know what Game Five is going to look like. I don't know what the crowd for Game Five is going to look like. I don't know. That's going to be weird energy. I I hope the Deer District and Fiserv brings it. It's going to be weird energy. I'm sure they will. I think, well, I think they will. I think, I I still think people are going to be very hopeful that you can still win the series. Because like you said, I don't think Trey Young is returning anytime soon. If he does, like, I don't think it necessarily helps Atlanta. Um, Obviously, if he's not putting pressure on his foot. Right. um, You know, like, (laughs) it just, it's. Like it was with the net series, this has been a war of attrition. This is just whoever wins the title this year. Like, I know they said that about this in the bubble and all that stuff. Like, people, like, players still had a chance at the time to recharge. And like, Giannis was like a very minuscule. There was someone that he returned from injury that, like, I can't remember, can't pull it from the top of my head, but like, people still had time to recharge. Yeah. Now it's like you had the residual effect of finishing out last season in from August to October to this season, and now we're playing into to July at this point. Like it's just, and then the Olympics. I, yeah, and then we got the Olympics. We got Chris and Drew going, and maybe on oh, not anymore. But Greece was hanging in there against Canada. I I, I don't want Greece to qualify. I, I, now it doesn't matter. I didn't want Giannis to lose Rick Patino. I didn't. They lost look. to Canada. Yeah, um, they could. Uh, they're going to get to the the tournament stage. I think their group is them, Canada, and China, and two of them. And Czech teams. Republic. I think Czech Republic is kind of tough. I thought. Is, no, it's only those three. It's yeah, it's those oh, three so, oh, oh, oh yeah. that's right. So okay. the top two from each three team group goes to the tournament, and then they play to to see who goes. Uh, only one team from that group gets out. So yeah, um, we'll see. I, I think they're going to make it to the play, and I'm just disheartened that they were that close to Canada. I thought Canada was going to be a lot better, but now it doesn't really matter. So that's a bright side. We don't have to worry about Giannis being corrupted by Rick Pitino. Although maybe he'll just like hang out there and watch. I don't know. I don't know. Where is it? Rick Pitino once I remember once thought of as a candidate for the Bucks job before Bud. Remember that? Remember that great time? Oh, yeah. Memories. <laughs> Just really worried about how they're going to score points in Game Five. We were worried about them scoring points now with Giannis. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they haven't done it very well outside of a couple one one game against Atlanta. The whole the whole playoffs. Um, you need Chris. To go bananas 
and Drew to be adequate. I need I need Chris to play like he did in that fifty one point Wizards game. Like just go post up and shoot a fadeaway every or a three if you can, like every single time. Like I get that the Bucks love the ball movement and everything else, and they usually no, don't they play don't. like that. No, they don't. No, they don't. If they love the ball movement and that, they would have done it. By ball movement? Don't come at me with that by shit. By ball like, movement, nah, I meant, like, move the ball to Brooke Lopez so he can shoot right away. Ah, That's Bucks okay, ball gotcha. movement. It's like, let's get Brooke 45 feet away from the rim shooting with 13, no, 19 seconds left on the shot clock. But Chris is going to have to play that. I mean – if there was ever a time for Forbes to reemerge, like I think they're going to need him or Portis to score a lot of points. I just don't see how they – I mean, Atlanta hasn't scored super well, but the Bucks scored 88 oh. points in this game with Giannis. Are they going to hit 100? No. And if so, how? Like, Forbes has been unplayable. Lopez has struggled to stay on the floor. Like, Portis, Chris, and Drew, 33 apiece, baby. <laughs> Pat Cotton come through with 18, maybe. I don't know. I don't, ah. We'll see if they hit 100. I'm skeptical. I'd say the, I'd say they're close. I'm not going to ask you guys for a quarter prediction. I'm oh wow! So th- this is what it took to not have to do that anymore. <laughs> the end of the Bucks world, and we're we're free. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, I'm saying tonight. Yeah. No, I'm like no. The score for they weren't that bad. Oh no. We just like to complain. Adam and I yeah, like to complain about the score. It's mostly Adam. Yeah. Adam just doesn't like when I interject on the pod. I want. Does he know any of this has happened yet? Probably not. No, I, I, I think he's asleep. I yeah. Think, I think he's got cinema day tomorrow. Yes, so he does. He's yeah. out for the night. Yeah. Oh, man. I almost feel worse for him. Yeah, he doesn't know what's coming. Waking up to this. Oh, God. Poor guy. He's probably going to think he had a bad dream. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I think now, too. Although it would be a pretty bad dream. It's not even, like, weird in a fun way. Is he seeing Fast 9, F9? I'm not sure what he's seeing. No, I don't think he likes those movies. No, I this feel like that's his favorite now. movie. <laughs> this has devolved into just us talking about Adam's life now, which he's going to love for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um this would suck to wake up to. I don't think it's a dream. It'd be great if it was. Um, just like, uh, who was it, Rohan Stoskis? Yeah. No, no they uh, did get Stoskis. Yeah, Hizonia, Hizonia. Hizonia. When I thought they signed Hizonia. Wild dreams. I had a dream that we talked about, like, Diakite and, uh, um, what's his name? Celtics. Guy. Taco? Taco? No, not Taco. Luke Cornett. Uh, no, small guard, small guard. Going at it in the NCAA. Oh, oh. Carson Edwards. There. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't even who I was thinking of. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I was thinking Pons. Wasn't no, Sh- no. Shamori Pons? Wasn't he on the Celtics? Oh. The Celtics? I thought. I thought he was a two-way there. I could be wrong. Maybe. What Celtics else? have a lot of small guards, man. Yeah. Do we, do we have anything else on this team? No. 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 I hope people aren't disappointed with how sad this is, but like, I don't know what you all want. Uh, yeah, this is expected. what happens when Giannis <laughs> leaves with an injury, and it yeah. probably will affect his status moving for at least game five. I don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm only a, a man. 
They bet all the, what they can't do is rush him back. Yeah, absolutely. That would not. piss me absolutely. off more than. Oh, that it was. It's like how it was again game four last year, where it's like yeah, they. I remember they they tested him out that uh, or going into game five, I should say. And after he had this, you know, nasty sprained ankle, it's like it's not worth it. It's really not worth. He tried to come back this game. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was disconcerting. Yeah, he's always going to try. I think you just need to, you know, be smart about it. Protect him from himself. Yeah. Yeah. If he if he suits up, I mean, I guess we'll see on the diagnosis. I, I think if he plays game five, that's like. We talked about an organizational failure before, but I just cannot see how he could possibly be that's right. That's a failure on a human level, not just yeah. an organizational yeah. level. I mean, yeah, that, that's we're at the point where if if you rush back Giannis, like pack everybody's bags in the front office and coaching staff. Nah, and, get them out of here. Yep. I wish we could say ownership. That's not how this works unless you go all the way in terms of pulling a Sterling, which nope, we need, let's like, not even say that. Like, decades just, of not yeah, even just like on. bad ownership but like okay, we're still talking yeah. about it okay oh yeah. what what i don't know i don't want to invoke that energy at all in terms yeah of it's true it's, it, it's not been that bad yeah but that's no, what it takes sure. to get out it's the bud conundrum if it was that bad you could get out actually no i guess that doesn't really hold up bud kind of has been that bad i just read an article from medicalnewstoday.com uh, it's about hyperextended knee and recovery sorry Rowan I know you're our <laughs> no, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm taking over the title for yeah. a moment uh, the recovery time for a knee injury varies for hyperextended knee in less severe cases a person may recover within two to four weeks from the time of the injury rip did Anthony Davis yeah. have a hyperextended knee what was his injury? I thought, well, yeah, uh, hamstring or quad. I thought his was upper leg. Are you talking about that's right? Like this, that's this right. Yeah, I think it was it upper wasn't, leg. Yeah. Okay. It was a so, it was a groin injury. It was a groin. Okay. okay. For some reason, I was thought that he had a hyperextension, but that was not right. Yeah. I think that was the initial injury that kept him out during the season. It was that plus like in a calf and a kid. That's yeah. That's right. Hmm. But what took him out of the playoffs overall was a groin injury. Yeah. But yeah, just basically not good. No. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. People are already invoking the bees coming back like three days after a hyperextended knee, like for, for Michael Beasley, like four years ago for the Bucks. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about it. He that. wasn't the same. Although, yeah. Well, and also, like, I. I don't, I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to lie and say I remember exactly what it looked like. I don't think his at the time looked as bad as Giannis's when it happened, but you never know. I guess that there's your Bucks optimism. We tucked it in. I also tweeted that maybe they threw the game after Giannis went down to give more healing time before the finals, but I even included on my tweet that I don't believe it. So that I don't even know why it's, it was pointless, honestly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the rest of your Bucks 2020-21 season. <laughs> <laughs> it is point. I mean, like, this team, like, if you want actual optimism, again, we've talked about this. They can still win the series and get to the finals. And that's a win. You just got to win at home overall. twice. That's it. That's a win for the season overall if you make the finals. In there are, if they win one more game, they have never been this close to the finals since 2001. Yeah. It's the only other time. That they've been this close since 1974, I should say. 
the only other time. Like that's where we're at. And it just it's like a cat chasing his own tail. Like they're this close and something like this happens. It's like they and to your point, like they can do it. Will they do it? That's the uh, that's uh, uh, that's the big question. Yeah. If we wanna if we wanna move away from this game and talk more depressing stuff, we did have some drama earlier before this happened with uh TNT. The Ty, do you wanna explain what happened? Yeah, so Taylor Rooks played the really fun game of isn't it funny that people have a hard time spelling and or pronouncing Giannis Dedekumpo's last name and TNT ran with this and tweeted the video of it and I the tweet was deleted pretty quickly. I don't think there's been any sort of an apology or anything like that. They just are hoping people forget. And honestly, people are going to forget now. There's a much bigger Giannis story that people are going to be thinking about. But uh, we have not forgotten. No. And it's we, – we need to call it out. I, I tweeted about this that I wanted to talk about this, and I still think that we should, considering that – there's going to be more honest news incoming and not just because it's like, Oh, we want to cover this before it gets out of the way. It's because this is an important issue that realistically needs to be discussed. Uh, Ty, you tweeted about this. I know Jordan, you were talking about this as well. It's just, these are xenophobic comments. This is a xenophobic sort of issue at hand and we need to talk about it. Like this ongoing bit of asking people to spell a is xenophobic. And that becomes even more apparent when you see the treatment of other professional athletes get, and it's like comparing that to a global superstar, I'm posing this question, not only to you guys, but to anyone else who's listening. Can, can you guys give me an instance when uh, someone said Mo Wagner instead of Wagner? Maybe on accident, but not off the top of my head. No. What? no. I, don't, I don't know why anyone shouldn't. It's spelled like Wagner. Uh, and if someone was to see it for the first time, they would have no reason to think, oh, it's Wagner, right? So why is that different from Atetokounmpo? Is it because one name is European and one is Nigerian? I know that's not the perfect comparison because one is obviously more difficult to pronounce than the other, but the lesson still stands in terms of respect given. Everyone learned how to say Wagner and there's been nothing made of it ever. But yet eight years into his NBA career, after two MVPs, five all-star appearances, international play, three Nike signature shoes, and in the midst of the highest point of his career, Taylor Rooks, TNT, and other media outlets are taking his name in jest, and names have meaning. I cannot personally attest to the Atetokounmpo's experience, but I can tell you mine. I grew up in an area of Wisconsin where I was the only Indian kid and one of the only non-white kids. As you can probably tell by the way I'm talking about this here, not only could no one pronounce my name, but I was mocked for it. When I was very young, sometimes like I would come home crying and asking my mom why I couldn't have a normal name so I could just fit in. She would say that it hurt her to see the name I was gifted at birth be a source of pain for her, and that my parents' intentions were to give me meaning from the beginning. In Sanskrit, Rohan means ascending or bright, and my parents gave me this name for a reason. So when my name is attacked, you're not only attacking me, protecting my meaning and my family. And the latter is especially important for the situation at hand. When smearing the name of Tedekumpo for Twitter content, you're making a mockery of Giannis's son, siblings, mother, departed father, ancestry, and any other branches of his family that share that surname, as well as any meaning that name may hold. 
So shame on everyone involved. TNT has even profited off of the heritage of Giannis in their documentary, Finding Giannis, and they're now trying to profit off of jeering at that same heritage. It's extremely well said, Rohan. Um, and thank you and props to you for sharing something so personal. I think about it more even like for him, not more as comparatively. I just think more about like he didn't even like that. That's like a he had to change his name for his German or not German for his Greek, you know, citizenship to come over for the draft. So it's like even more complicated and convoluted and must be difficult of like, no, that wasn't even his name. I mean, the, 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 the Nigerian, the original was, I think, easier to pronounce and spell. And I'm not making fun of or belittling either version of the name, of course, but it's just like, I mean, this guy has been made to change his name and now he's getting made fun of for the new name. And I was think a lot too of like, you know, he's not accepted universally in Greece for being African. He's not universally accepted in America because he's Greek. Like people wonder why Giannis, you know, make the jokes about the Gnosis being on the team and why Giannis is so family oriented. Maybe because he doesn't feel accepted anywhere else really. I mean, I think uh, hopefully the Bucks are a, a place for that, but like, you know, he hasn't really been accepted anywhere and it's just really tough. So Certainly, uh, it's extremely disappointing to see that and all the other, you know, thinly veiled, if at all, xenophobic comments made about Giannis all over the place. Major news, out, media outlets, not news, media outlets, Twitter, everywhere else. But um, just be better, people, especially, especially freaking TNT. But everyone, just be better. Like, don't make fun of someone's name. That's just terrible. I agree. I mean, just do better. It's just, yeah. It's just you don't want to see that from a the league's main broadcasting partner, especially eight years into this has been it's been tired. It's it was a tired joke to begin with, and it's a tired joke in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I do think definitely tired to begin with. I think like I want to say society's come a long way. Probably not, but I mean no. some some parts. And also just like, I think what Rohan said very early on was like, at this moment in Giannis's career in life, really, like right now we're doing this, like, and especially in, you know, the media has gone out of their way to focus on free throws more than the history he's making on the court. I think it might get dragged down now by this partial game, but he had a one of a kind slash line average through this postseason run, like literally making history check. again. Huh? Did they do that to Shaq? Write articles about free throw during his dominant postseason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To this yeah. degree, I, I, I think it's different when it's social media and that amps the kind of you know criticism or whatever jokes about it too. But like, it was it was a big thing, and obviously led to like hack a shack and all that stuff. It you know, but it doesn't compare to when social media is such a big part of watching the NBA now. And they, the they made that so much different. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, it definitely was a part of it, but it, I don't think it was anything like this. Yeah. Um, just unfortunate. I mean, maybe probably the most depressing part of a extremely depressing overall podcast. Oh, Giannis's health, I think is, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't want to make these things compete, but um. Yeah, just I don't. depressing podcast. We can yeah, 
Yeah, uh, it's certainly true. Um, but you know what's not depressing? Ooh, Ty? What? Five-star review. On That's Apple. true. That's true. Um, let's see. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is the best, and I'm not. I didn't doctor the order. This five-star review is from Keith Keskinen. The one name that Rohan has insulted himself. <laughs> no, and I, I, I took the onus of responsibility on that. Now it's clearly I, not the same. It's clearly not the same. Um, Ty and Rohan are a great team and provide both informative and entertaining Bucks content on the show and via social media. However, they are known to provide occasional brutal and unwarranted name slander. Despite their feelings on arguably the greatest first name of all time, this podcast is well worth the listen. Check out Adam and Jordan with Win and Six on the Eurostep Podcast Network as well. It's a good review, Keith. We do yes. apologize. Again. Yes. No. <laughs> Keith and all the Keiths out there, I, I've already said this, but yes, Keith is fine. Glowing, <laughs> glowing phrase of the name. It's, I just want to admit, it's not, we're not equating these things. It's not the same thing. Rohan poking fun at Keith, clearly much, much different, but. The timing of that just could not have worked out any better. <laughs> it really couldn't have. <laughs> I have nothing left. We should Physically, yeah, we should emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. Um, if you're still listening to this, uh, you're a true, true Bucks, true Bucks person, true fan of the pod. Like, I hope this was a cathartic experience for you as well, because I'm sure everyone out there just. I know my Twitter timeline is not in, in uh, it's not completely indicative of the state of mindset of Bucks fans and followers and watchers, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not great out there. Um, hopefully, all of you have adequate resources to take care of your mental status, uh, take care of yourself. I mean, there's still a lot of series left in this game. We talked about it. Wow. There's a lot of series left in this game. Wow. There's still games left in this series. There's still time. There's still pod. There's still years to come. There's, there's a lot of good out there. And you know what? Just thanks. Thanks for sharing this experience with us. And just thank you overall for listening to this episode of the Eurostep podcast network post game with the Eurostep win in six collab. If you did enjoy the show, Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Leave a five-star review on Apple or wherever you can so you, we can read it out on the next episode we've got, like uh, we just did. We've got Shade Toward Me coming in one of these reviews soon. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Don't even look now, Rohan. Don't even look now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, it I'll leave there. it as a surprise yeah. for next episode. But yes, make sure you leave those reviews so we can read them out. Make sure they're five stars. Again, make sure you're subscribed. Tell all your family and friends about the show. Check out all of the content across the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Go Bucks. Feel better, Giannis. We will talk to you next time.